everybody. Welcome to our show. I'm Liz. And I'm Taylor. This is a podcast for and about the town we love. And now we're talking Darian. Hello. Welcome to our 2021 political candidate interview series. I took over Taylor's intro. <laughs> yeah, it's funny handing the reins over on that one. Um, yeah, we're excited. This fall, we opened our studio to candidates running for office on November 2nd in the contested races of Board of Selectmen and Board of Education. Uh, we set some pretty strict ground rules. We told everybody they would receive the seven, same seven questions two days in advance. Uh, we promised them no commentary by us uh, of any kind during the, during the interview. And we gave them the right to final review and approval before publication of their interview. That's right. And every candidate got back to us. Everyone was very considerate. We appreciate that. Uh, but the Democrats across the board have declined to participate. And there'll be no commentaries, Taylor said, but I have to give you one here. I, it's just my personality. I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely disappointed about that. Um, if you're going to be in an office and running for office, we've got to sit down together. We have to keep talking. We have to try harder and put ourselves in these uncomfortable situations. So um, I appreciate those that are coming in. I know it is a new medium, and I hope you guys enjoy this on your own time. Yeah, I hope it's helpful. Here we go. Hello, it's October 12th, and today we have Monica McNally with us, candidate for First Selectman. Thank you, Monica, for coming in. Hi, Taylor. Hi, Liz. Hi, Monica. Thanks for the studio. Nice I to know. be here. Oh, good, good. I know this is not always a, a cup of tea for political candidates to come in here, so we really appreciate you taking the time to take on this new f- format, this new form of a podcast. Well, I think what you guys are really doing is great for the town. Thank you. Thanks. And with that, let's just get started. Um we had the same questions for both candidates. Number one, why do you want to be first selectman? You know, people ask you that. And I guess a lot of times I think, well, I love this town. But then I started thinking, it's not that I love this town. Of course, everybody, there are so many things to love about this town. But I love the people that are that are here. And I've had the chance to work with all different types, whether it's in volunteer work or in government work or, I don't know, just right now going around talking to people, knocking on doors. Um, It's really interesting. Excellent. I like that. I forgot about the knocking on doors. I'll have to ask you about that in another forum. Um, But so moving on, Monica, what makes you most qualified for this position? Well, I think, you know, when I I talked to Jamie about this, um, the first thing that she said is, this is really a relationship building um, position, and that works well with me. Um, I like I like people. Um, my background is pretty strong for this. I um, I grew up in Wisconsin and went to University of Wisconsin, which has nothing to do with what I'm telling you right now. But I just thought I'd throw that out there. <laughs> um, but my background as far as business goes is I was a financial consultant for nine years. And um, I ended up uh, the last firm I worked with was Smith Barney. But um, I had a lot of clients and some people were you know, trying to figure out how to put their kids through school. And some people were trying to get a business going. And some people just really like to play the market. And, you know, I was pretty into biotech stocks. So I was pretty happy about that. Um, So I don't know, it was just interesting to work with people that way. And I've kept that interest over time. So I'm, I'm very aware of what's happening in the market. And I think that's um, useful for this job. Um, 
for instance, we're doing schools, right? So when you do schools, you need to borrow money. And so knowing what interest rates are doing, it's just a good thing to know or know how much debt we have or know how long the debt is. Like things like that, you know, going forward for the three elementary schools, having that kind of knowledge, I think, is good. Um, I have a pretty, pretty deep bench as far as volunteer work goes. Um, I was the president of the YWCA Women's Club, which was, I don't know, I think it was about 450 women in there. And um, I was also at the same time president of the um, Tokenique Women's Club Association also, so about 250 families there. And that showed me, well, it gave me an opportunity to lead two groups um, and deal with both um, large committees and small committees. I did a lot of work in my schools, you know, running fundraisers and being chairs of things and on the board, like many, many people did. Um, and my background in, um, in government is pretty strong. So after my kids kind of aged out of school and I had um, my dog, Topper, she's a doll. Um, she's a little mini Aussie. Um, she and I were a therapy team in Greenwich, and it was there was nothing available in Darien, so we went to the hospitals and or the Greenwich Hospital actually, and helped um, cheer up people. And then I ended up taking her into the school system, and we worked with special needs kids, and that was pretty cool. Um, and we, she was so successful that um, when the kids went into the middle school. Um, the, the parents asked me to follow the kids, right? Cause I had done it all through the elementary school and well, that kind of didn't work. Um, the kids were a little older and they, you know, the, it, the model didn't work for them, but, um, but it was really fun. Um, and then in, um, town government, I started out as a writing candidate and I think you get really high quality people from, from writing candidates. So if anybody's listening out there and you're thinking about running for the RTM, I really, um, I know you think it's too late, but it's not. You can be a writing candidate, go out there, get those 25 signatures. And if you have any questions, call me, I'll help you. Um, you need them from your district. And I did that. Um, I think I started in 2013 and I started on the public health and safety, and I was also on planning and zoning, those two committees. I was on um, public works, that's your sidewalks, your sewers, that kind of thing. And I chaired that for three years, and then I went on to rules and worked there for, I don't know, was vice moderator and vice rules, was on the ethics committee. So that's all a long-winded way of saying that I have a pretty deep bench as far as government goes. And now I'm on the board of selectmen. So I think that the breadth of my experience um, and the depth of my experience um, makes me a highly qualified candidate. Awesome. Um, <clears throat> number three, what is your plan to address the flooding our community has experienced recently? Well, Clearly, climate change is resulting in storms that are far more serious, more, more severe, I should say, than the ones that we've experienced before. We're looking at storms that are 200 or 500-year storms. No infrastructure anywhere, including in Darien, can withstand those, those, those types of storms. But with that said, there were studies, there were extensive studies done in 2009, and they produced some really really important information. I would like to re 
convene a committee and not a not an event driven committee which was what the flood advisory board was in 2009 so it was a it was a board that was set up specifically to look at that storm and then to disband the committee that i would recommend would be a more permanent committee or commission whichever and it would be with with our very very intelligent and hardworking people from town including planning and zoning and um, department of public works but they would also i would also like to hire an outside professional that could come in and help us identify projects that make sense for us and help us figure out how we can how we can finance them in other words help with the grant process now that is a longer term solution these 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 things take a little bit of time. So what can we do in the meantime? Well, first of all, we are doing things. We have um, and we have a yeah, very strong planning and zoning regulations, which have had a big impact. And that's why those projects like Federal Realty or Corbin or, or Palmer's, they have retention or, or groundwater systems set up that, um, that mitigate the flooding. And those those types of regulations are for all new developments and redevelopments. But when you think about it, that's only that's only when something new happens, right? What can we do as a town in the meantime? We can continue to look at our culverts and see if we can deepen and widen them. Um, the Department of Public Works just came up with a really interesting kind of box that they're putting over a culvert over by Woodland Park to um, to help the water so that it flows underneath West Avenue better as a opposed to over when we have these big storms. I think the last piece of the puzzle would be to work with the public. And um, 80% of our land is the water courses are on public land. So helping people that live um, on these water courses understand how they could be good stewards. So th- that's where I would start. You mean 80% is on, um, <clears throat> excuse me, on private land? Yeah, yeah, 80% of our town land is privately owned. Thus, 80% of the water courses theoretically would be on private land. Got it. Okay. Uh, number four, aside from the flooding, what are three other top priority items for your administration? Three other items. Well, okay. So this is something that we need to work on right now. So we received ARPA money, which is um, the American Rescue Plan um, funds from the federal government. The state, the town got $6.43 million. We received half of that in June of 2021 and we'll receive the other half next June. And we have just finished forming a committee for that and we need to come up with a plan to deploy those assets. And we need to come up with that plan by next um, April. So I'm on that committee and um, that that's, I guess, something that I wanna get going on right now. So I'm not, I don't wanna actually wait until uh, November. Um, I think that, I you know, this is a softer goal, but I think that we really need to work on communication in town. And I think people were were um, very comforted by Jamie's calls on um, on COVID. And it's amazing to me, even my husband, you know, I'll be sitting there and he'll be like, nope, I have to take this call. I said, <laughs> Mark, it's actually a recording, but um, doesn't matter. When Jamie calls, he answers. But you know what? Out knocking on doors during this campaign, just out talking to people, people really liked that. They really felt um, comforted. And so we obviously we don't want to 
overuse that because that's a, that's a powerful um, tool when there's an emergency. But it did tell me that people are looking for more input from, from town government. So what I would like to do is get a, um, a, a communications officer um, involved or, um, I don't know, maybe um, look for some volunteer help. But, but buttress or, or enhance our, our, both our town website and our inflow and outflow of information. So that would be another thing. That's great. Fantastic. Shifting gears a little bit, do you support the recent vote by the legislature extending Governor Lamont's emergency powers? Um, I think that, you know, I think that when all of this started and Governor Lamont got the um, executive um, authority, I think it was very well placed. He, he, I personally think he did a very good job for our state, and it, it, that wasn't a, an, a time to be running by committee, right? That was when somebody needs to step up and um, say, this is what we need to do. I think that his this next executive order, um, I believe that it expires in mid-February. And I think that at that time, it, it seems to me as if things will be in, um, in good enough shape where we probably won't need that again. Um, but I'm not the governor, so... So you were okay with him extending it this this most recent time? Sorry, I'm putting you on the spot, but I think I'm allowed follow-up questions. <laughs> I don't think it was necessary, um, but at the same time, I'm not sure that it was detrimental. So I'm okay with it. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Would you support marijuana being sold in Darien now that it's legal? Wow. Um, I think that having um, a pot retail establishment in Darien is a, a, a really, would be a very big move for this town. I think that the, one of the benefits the selling points of this was the um the tax income the three percent um tax on it coming back to the town and also going to um substance abuse um organizations i'm not sure how relevant that is for town and i'm not sure actually i'm not sure if a, a retail um cannabis store or marijuana store um, would be able to pay the rent in darianne i also think i did speak with chief anderson about this and i think I, I think there are a lot of moving parts to this, but you know, this is yes, it's it's a it's a le it's legal on the state level, but it's not legal on the federal level. So if this turns into a cash business, um, it's kind of a high risk business, and it will, you know, any business that has a lot of cash requires extra patrolling, right, by police. So I, I just think there are a lot of unintended consequences from this, and I don't think this is one we need to jump into this is one i would really like to hear from the public on because it's um it you know it could be more prevalent than i know but i also did ask some people today actually while i was out knocking on doors what they what they thought and i was speaking with a couple and they were like one was on one side of my head and the other was on the other side of my head because they were saying exactly what i was thinking which is well on the one hand um 
people, if they're going to buy it, you know, it, the man was saying, well, it would be good if my, my child um, bought it down the street. And then his wife was saying it would be really good if my child, our child, honey, didn't buy it at all. So I totally, totally got that. So this is a, this is a tough one. Um, I don't have a, a straight up answer on it. Um, that's the best I can do. All right. I appreciate that. Fair <laughs> enough. All right. Final question. What evidence do you see that Hartford would like to control local decision making and what would you do about it? Uh, well, I think the evidence for that is pretty much everywhere. You know, everybody knows the Senate Bill 1024 that was um, that was in the works for last um, last session, the beginning of the session, and um, and then was you know split off into smaller bills. But Hartford is did this, I, and I actually don't really understand why. But this is a, a plan that they want, and um, in my opinion. Darian does two things really well. We send a lot of cash to, to Hartford, okay? We, we, we send 209, over $209 million a year in tax receipts to Hartford. And we get, last year, we got a little over $3.6 million back in, in um, services. So we financially support the rest of the residents in, in Connecticut. And as far as um, affordable housing goes, our our, our Restrictions are much stronger than Hartford's. Our in, our inclusionary zoning is fourteen percent now, and that's on anything at four units or less, w- which is much stronger than what the states is at ten percent and at five per, five five units or above. So, we are we have been very proactive in the affordable housing, and making great strides there. We we built eight over eight hundred sixty units in in between twenty ten and twenty twenty, and over thirty two percent of them were affordable housing. So we are doing our part on it. But to to come into a town and tell people after they've bought their home that yes, the single family lot next to you could have a you know a fourth four family multifamily on it and you have no no say in it and and you have no say as far as parking goes and you know it's it's a done deal i think that we have a social contract with people when they move here and i i um i'm a big fan of um keeping my word so that's great monica thank you yeah so that's it that wraps up our seven questions um now that uh, we're finished with that, do you is there anything that you would like to say in addition to that? Uh, you have the mic. Wow. Well, <laughs> I think that you guys are great. I think that what you're doing for Darianne, you spotlighting all these different individuals and groups, and I, I think it's really, um, you know, somebody else said it, but the newspapers have um, kind of slid away from mainstream and something else has come in and i think it's this i think it's this model and so i really appreciate it um i think i'm really excited to lead the town i i well i hope that i can lead the town um i'm a a really hard worker and uh i don't know i i think this town is filled with terrific people um i i have to say I'm a little surprised at how the campaign has gone. Um, maybe it's because I'm from Wisconsin and um, people are pretty nice there. This has been a little different than I thought it would be. And I'm hoping that, I'm, I'm sincerely hoping that when the campaign is over and whoever is 
the first selectmen and however the board of selectmen is set up, that people will be able to put their differences aside and be able to do what's best for Darian because there are the, the, there are so many wonderful people in this town and they're depending on me or whoever else steps up. Thank you. Thank you. That's awesome. We wish you the best of luck. Thanks again for coming in. Thanks, Taylor. Thanks, Liz. Yeah, thanks for coming out of your comfort zone and doing this. This is great. We appreciate it. Talk to you soon.